Welcome to Drinks at Work by Boothby with Sam Bygrave. That's me. This episode, I'm talking to Kate McGraw. She's the World Class Brand Ambassador for Diageo. And I'm talking to her now because World Class, which is now in its 13th year, is open for entries. Kate and I talk about how, having run sophisticated and delicious bar programs for other operators, and after owning her own cocktail bar in Bondi, she made the leap over to the brand world and took up the ambassador life. We talk about what it takes to be a brand ambassador and the skills you'll need if you want to explore that as a career. And as this episode is sponsored by World Class, I asked Kate about what makes a great cocktail comp entry, get her to share some advice for round one of the competition, and talk in depth about the necessity of garnishes. It's a great chat. If you're keen on entering World Class this year, there's a lot of insight here for you to use, but there's also a lot of advice from a successful and creative veteran of the bar that you can pull to apply to your own career. We'll get into the chat in just a moment, but first a message from our sponsor, World Class. World Class celebrates the exceptional talent and unique creative approach of bartenders across Australia. This year's Diageo Reserve World Class Australian Champion will compete in Sao Paulo, Brazil, against more than 50 countries worldwide for the title of World Class Global Bartender of the Year. World Class Australia kicked off on the 13th of March with World Class Studios. Round one of the competition is called Classically Contemporary with Tanqueray Number no. 10 Gin. And the challenge brief is to create a contemporary twist on a classic cocktail using Tanqueray Number no. 10 Gin. Think about how you can be inspired by the citrus heart of Tanqueray Number no. 10 Gin to create a unique contemporary serve. And you can choose any classic cocktail on which to base your serve. It doesn't have to be a gin classic. The drink must have a minimum of 30 mils of Tanqueray Number no. 10 Gin and must not exceed two standard drinks. So here's the deadline. Entries for round one close on the 2nd of April at midnight. Visit diageobaracademy.com to access the entry portal. Okay, so let's get into it now. Here's my interview with world-class ambassador, Kate McGraw. Kate McGraw, thanks for joining me on Drinks to Work from Boothby. My pleasure. It's actually like a dream, to be honest. I've been waiting for this for a while. I've been uh, waiting for you to call. I think I might have to uh, rejig how I introduce these things to the guests, I think. Um, you're the world-class ambassador for Australia. Um, but uh, before we get into that, we're going to get into that in a little bit. Yeah. How did how'd you get into bars in the first place? Where's, what's the origin story for you there? Yeah, I mean, I went to film school, um, which is pretty much a, a one-way track into hospitality. <laughs> There's um, a few people on this podcast who'll be like, so I was acting. Yeah, yeah. I went to film school. Uh, apparently, it's really hard to break in as a screenwriter, um, but I did also have bills that needed to be paid. Sure. Um, so I started working in bars um, and, and, you know, traveled around the world. Uh, and bars for me were like the best way for me to meet new people when I was when I moved to New York like I didn't know anyone I was uh, I was like 21 years old yeah. um, and so working in a bar was a really great way of, of me finding a, a community of people to be around yeah. um, and you know lifelong friends now yeah um, and it just never stopped I, I kind of fell in love with it um, and then had to break the news uh, that I, I wasn't going to be a screenwriter yeah I mean I'm sure people were surprised shocked <laughs> shocked you were about to you you were when we first met, you were um, running a bunch of bars and doing the menus and all that sort of stuff for them. Yeah. What, what, what was the appeal for you to make the move to the brand side of things? Why did you want to get out of bars and into brands? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, by the time I, I decided to, to settle up uh, my, my bartending career, I'd kind of achieved everything that I wanted to achieve. You know, at that point, I was uh, owning a bar in Bondo Beach. Um, and I, I sort of got to a point where, you know, I think throughout my career, there was always like, okay, the next thing is to be a group bars manager. And then the next thing is to, you know, do consultancy. And then the next thing is to own a bar. Um, and I sort of hit that point, tick, point, tick, 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 yeah. tick, tick. Um, and I was like, does this actually make me happy? Right. Um, 
and, you know, do I actually enjoy this or was I just sort of looking for the next sort of step to, to tick all the, the boxes? Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of realized that there was a bunch of skills that I didn't have or wanted to develop that I couldn't develop uh, in the sort of stream of hospitality I was in. Right. Um, and the opportunity came up to, to work with Diageo and with such uh, a strong portfolio of brands. <laughs> that sounds like a brand thing to say. Uh, yeah. It is, yeah. But, I mean, to be honest, like there's, you know, it, it is a big decision to make to step into that kind of world. Yeah. Um, and it really came down to, you know, the opportunity to work, work with the products. Um, and I wouldn't have done it if I didn't believe in it, you know. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of a, a two-pronged thing. It was like the opportunity presented itself. Yeah. I liked what was on offer, uh, and also, you know, there was a bunch of skills that I, I wanted to sort of build uh, mm. separate to, to hospitality. Right, and, and so you're now the world-class brand ambassador. What does that role entail? Like, and it's a question I ask a lot of people. It's like, yeah. you know, what does your day-to-day -day look like? What's a typical work week? I know it's not typical, but <laughs> like what, what's kind of involved in it? Yeah, so, I mean, my role is really multifaceted, um, and it sort of covers a lot of different areas. Yeah. I guess the, the biggest bulk of my role right now is managing our team of brand ambassadors. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we have state-based brand ambassadors, which is how I, I started um, as a BA as well. Uh, we have our, our state-based based brand ambassadors um, that, that I work with to make sure that, you know, they're okay and their workloads are all right. And so they have the resources that they need to succeed uh, yeah. in that sort of, you know, base of brand role. Yep. Um, and then, you know, then there's the the talent kind of stuff where uh, I'll host world class studios, or I'll host PR launches, or I'll host um, you know high net worth events, or or even just regular you know consumer facing events. Mm. Um, and then there's you know a, a bit of strategy in, in there as well, and, and project based stuff. So I mean, world class is is the biggest example of that. Yeah. Um, so you know, I have a, a really big hand in in bringing world class Australia to life. Um, and then other projects that pop up throughout the year, special releases um, yeah. is another one that's on the radar. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of a bit of everything um, and a fair bit of travel as well. What's, how do you get the balance right between that sort of, you know, the nighttime work out at events, yeah. being the face of these brands with that sort of, you know, I guess the office-y uh, organizational side of things? How do you <laughs> strike that balance? Because I know when I'm out at events, I don't like to work the next morning so yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, listen, it is difficult for sure. Yeah. Uh, and to be honest, I think a lot of it has sort of come with, with a bit of age and a bit of experience uh, where I've gone, okay, like I- Wisdom. Wisdom. <laughs> wisdom's a good word for it. Um, but, you know, I, I had to become really good at setting boundaries for myself, right. um, especially when I jumped into the brand world because it's so easy to- just want to work all the time yeah. you know it's like it's exciting stuff that we get to do um and you know definitely in my first six months I was like I I want to do this event and then I want to do this and I want to do this yeah so it was a real sort of uh a real big decision that I had to make to to set some pretty clear boundaries for myself yeah um I don't really drink so much anymore yeah. um which is which has been really beneficial in getting uh, getting the office hours in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think it, it differs person to person as well. You know, for me, um, it's about making sure I exercise in the mornings and getting myself set up for the for the week on a weekend. Yeah. Um, and, you know, cutting back on the drinking, watching a little bit more how my body responds to things. I'm not as young as I used to be either, so. Yeah, I know that feeling. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Diageo's world-class cocktail comp is... Uh, starting now is on now by the time people uh, see and hear this. Yep. What's that like? Uh, first of all, this is your first year carrying that through as the ambassador. Yeah. 
Um, it's, I mean, listen, it's really exciting yeah. for me. Um, I was really lucky to be on the project team for World Class Globals last year. Yeah. So I got to see how the logistics of a competition like this work on a global scale, mm. uh, which is, you know, I've never witnessed anything like it it's before. Huge, right? It's huge. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, there's no joke when it's the Olympics of bartending. It's, yeah. you know, a, a huge operation. Um, and I think, you know, I was really lucky last year as well to be pretty heavily involved in the national program, yeah. um, you know, from conception through to through to national finals. So I had kind of a, a pretty good understanding of the the type of uh, things that we need to do, the type of work that we need to put in, mm. um, and the the type of, you know, uh, I guess the best ways to, to bring the program to life. Um, this year, I mean, for me, it was about bringing it back to what, what World Class is all about, which is it's about the bartenders and it's yeah. about the venues that they work at. Right. Um, and it's about celebrating that. So, you know, we've sort of shaped the program this year to, to focus more on community and, and focus more on, you know, making sure that bartenders are having the best experience no mm. matter where their journey in world class ends. Right. Uh, which is, you know, I think something that we kind of do naturally in Australia, yeah. uh, but making it a bit more of a focus this year is, is beneficial for everyone. Right. And so you've got the... Can you tell us what the first challenge is? Can you sort of just run us through how it works? Because, yeah. I mean, I haven't been a bartender for a long time, so I don't really know anymore. But. Absolutely. I mean, this is, it's, a, it's a classic cocktail competition, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so our first round challenge this year, our entry challenge, yeah. is classically contemporary with Tanqueray Number 10 Gin. This thing here. This thing. Mm -hmm. um, delicious. <laughs> um, which is essentially we're asking bartenders to take inspiration from a single classic cocktail uh, and then create a contemporary serve based on that blueprint. So yeah. bartenders can pick whatever classic they want. It doesn't need to be a gin-based classic. It can be, you know, anything. Uh, but what we really want to see is how they use that as a blueprint, not only to build a, a, an amazing serve, mm. but also to tell a great story. Um, I think some of the best cocktails that I've had, and you can probably agree with this, um, are where people have, like, contextualised a, a, a cocktail to their own space, mm. you know, like Tommy's Margarita is the perfect example of this. Ginger yeah. Mule, perfect example of this. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, that's a really exciting thing for bartenders to, to sink their teeth into. Mm. Um, entries close on April 2nd for our first round. Um, and then it all gets judged on paper. Right. Um, so that first round challenge, you know, we, we judge hundreds of drinks year on year. Yeah. Um, and this year will be no different. Yep. Um, and then we, we announce our top 100 and, and go from there. Right. And so what do you reckon are going to be the key hallmarks of a great entry for this one for the first one round? Yeah. Like what's, what's going to be like when you, cause you are judging them on paper. What are the things yep. that make a, a drink stand out? Uh, there's a few, like, there's a few technical things that we always look for. Yeah. Full and complete recipes. Right. As many times as I say this, I can assure you, uh, there'll still be some. Um, <laughs> but I always tell bartenders, think about it like you're writing a, a cookbook and give us the instructions as if you were to write a cookbook. Um, like not to assume too much knowledge. Don't, on the don't ass assume we know nothing. Right. Assume we know nothing. Mm. Because what that shows us is that you've actually thought about this process and, you know, you've actually made this syrup or this infusion yeah. or you've just or whatever it is that you've done. Yeah. It shows us that you've actually done the work um, and it's, you know, it, it's a big turning point in people's entries. Also, when people write things out, they sometimes go, oh, actually, that looks a bit funny. Yeah, right. Um, and it's a good way to sort of self-correct. Yeah. Um, I think as well, uh, I mean, a great entry this year is going to be something that, you know, sounds 
delicious. We can tell if a drink's going to be balanced or not based mm. on the recipe that people submit. Again, please submit a full recipe. Yeah. Um, something that, you know, take the time to, to take a nice photo. You don't need to get a professional photographer in. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, put a, a bottle of Tanqueray number 10 uh, gin on the table next to your glass. Find some great natural light and, and take a photo there. Mm. Um, it doesn't need to be bigger than Ben-Hur, but, you know, those little things are all points that, that people can easily pick up and quite easily, you know, likewise lose. Yeah. Um, also, drinks with garnishes. Drinks with garnishes. Very important. Yeah? Yeah. Well, because a lot of people don't garnish their drinks that much these days. I don't mind it, but, like, yeah. I guess if you're trying to show the best of what you can do. Yeah, and it's world class. You yeah. know, like this is not uh, this is not a drink that you're running in service night in, night out. This is, you know, this is a drink that's built for a competition and it sits different. Mm. We're not asking bartenders to put their serves in venue this year. So, yeah. you know, take the extra time to, to create an amazing garnish uh, yeah. because you don't have to do, you know, 700 of them <laughs> on a Friday night. Um, and it is part of the judging criteria as well across yeah. all of the rounds this year. And I suppose it's an extra way you can show what you're capable of. Right? Absolutely. I mean, some of the best technique is is displayed through garnish. Um, and, you know, we're looking for bartenders that tell a great story, uh, but also, you know, make delicious drinks and have a really solid technique behind them as well. Yeah. Do you have a tip on garnishes though? Because sometimes you have a garnish with a drink and it's just like, looks cool. Why is it there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Correct. Think about why it's there yeah, is okay, my right. tip. Um, I mean, you know, it's especially for this entry round, it's got to do one of two things. Right. Ideally, it'll do both. Um, it's either got to make the drink look amazing or it's got to make the drink smell amazing. Right. Um, so we're looking at either aesthetics or aroma. If you do both, you know, you, you're probably going to score quite well in that garnish section. Yeah. Um, if you do one really well, you might, you know, score really well. Um, if you don't have a garnish on, you know, there's, there's not any points that we can really give. Well, I guess it's about nailing the brief too, right? Because if there's Absolutely. points for the garnish, then do a garnish. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, you know, the, the best advice that I can give people is to reach out to their brand ambassadors. Uh, last year was the first year that we really started to think about the way that we as brand ambassadors help people along the journey mm. um, because it is a big competition and it can be really intimidating. And, and yeah. the feedback that I get all the time is, Oh, I don't know if I'm ready for world class. Right. You are ready for world class. Everyone's ready for world class. Well, how, how are you meant to learn if you're not having a go at it anyway, right? Yeah. And, you know, especially for this entry round, we've got all of our, our BAs who can, who can proofread stuff and who can give you advice and who can, you know, give you suggestions. Um, yeah. and, and that's what they're there for. They're there to help. Yeah. Um, so reach out to the BAs. Are there any other resources people should be checking out? Yeah. So Diageo Bar Academy, um, the website is is the most comprehensive resource that we have. Yeah. Um, hopefully everyone that's listening to this uh, or that's interested in competing in world-class has been to world-class studios. Yeah. Um, but if not, and even if you have, you know, there's so much information on there uh, about Tanker and Number 10 Gin and, and a lot of other resources about world-class in years past. Um, you know, there's uh, interviews with Adrian who won Globals last year. There's interviews with, um, with all of, you know, the alumni of world class and, yeah. and all of those things have like tidbits of information that are going to help you, help you succeed. What do you like? What is it about world class that you like working on? it? Heaps, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's by far Everything. my, it, I like it all. <laughs> it's my favorite program to work on, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think it's so rare that bartenders are given the opportunity to just go for it. 
yeah. and and to really showcase their creativity and and really showcase what they can do. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, we've known each other for a long time, and that that sort of technical side of bartending and that you know real creative stuff. You know, that's what I used to do, and that's what I really used to engage with. And so yeah. for me, I find it really rewarding to see you know what's happening now and and who's pushing pushing the boundaries of what a drink can be and and you know yeah i i think it's it's pretty pretty remarkable really it's pretty exciting stuff right it is exciting and yeah. i love seeing it you know like yeah. I, I love seeing it yeah cement everything do do everything <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see bartenders just what they know these days compared to even even five years ago is yeah. incredible it's just like you it's said everyone's insane. fermenting stuff there yeah, I think the like, the baseline level of bartenders across Australia mm. is so far beyond any other market. Yeah, um, and you know you've got uh, you've got guys that are you know four or five years into their bartending career that are making the kind of drinks that I was making fifteen years into my <laughs> yeah. career, um, yeah. which is which is insane. Yeah. Um, and it's it's wonderful as well, though. What what is it about uh, the brand side of the business that bartenders maybe don't get? Mm. Um. It's because it, it's not all yeah. like parties and, and no, corporate cards and all that. It's definitely sort of thing. not as glamorous as it seems on the outside. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think there is like a lot of admin that, that goes into mm. being a brand ambassador. Um, yeah. And I think that that's always the hardest thing for people to adapt to, yeah. especially if you've just come out of a bar, you know, um, diving in and then having to spend six hours of a day on a computer. I think as well, you know, it. There is a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes um, to to bring this to life. You know, you you come to all class studios, and I'm yeah. here in a in a suit with a full face of makeup and looking very <laughs> calm. Hopefully, um, <laughs> but you know, there's there's a couple of months of work that's gone into that moment, yeah. um, and and it is a, a lot of work. It doesn't all just sort of fall into place. You do actually have to have to yeah. do the things. There's like a million emails beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you know, like we, you have to rehearse and you have to do vocal warm-ups before you, before you arrive um, to a venue and you have to yeah. prepare yourself and you have to, you know, there's a, there's a lot that goes in to make it look seamless. Yeah. How much of that stuff do you get learned, get taught on the job and like, yeah. what can people who are preparing for comps learn from that? Um, I mean, preparation is key. Yeah. Preparation is absolutely key. Um, and there is a lot of it uh, that you learn as a brand ambassador. I mean, we, we really try and set our BAs up um, at Diageo for success. So we'll teach them how to prepare for, for public speaking. We'll teach yeah. them how to, um, you know, how to structure um, a talk uh, because, you know, we, we want them to succeed. Um, in terms of how, you know, what, what bartenders can learn. And, you know, I think everyone that's been to the national finals, especially over the last few years, will probably attest to this. Um, and especially, you know, Nick Tessar and, and Evan Strove, who, who went to Globals the last few years, mm. is it is really, really heavily prepared. Like these guys have their, you know, six minute uh, speech while they're presenting their drink. They've run that speech 150 times wow. before they get up. Yeah. to actually present it. They've done a full dress rehearsal in what they're wearing. You know, like there's a lot of preparation um, that, that you have to put in to be able to compete at that level. Mm. Um, and especially in Australia, like we have, uh, you know, one of the most competitive world-class markets. Right. So that's the kind of level of preparation that people need all throughout the competition, really, yeah. um, in order to, to get to that last, 
last stage. Well, I think that's just good advice for careers in general. Like the more thorough and more prepared you are, yeah. the better you're going to do usually, right? Absolutely. And I think the more you do it, the easier it becomes as well to be that way, you know. Yeah, I'm um, still working on it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when I when I first started, you know, learning content and, and um, learning how to present and whatnot, you know, uh, when I was a bartender, I'd, I started off and didn't prepare and then I was like, oh, maybe I should write down some dot points. Yeah. Um, and as I've sort of gone through the years now, you know, I'll, I'll essentially fully um, talk out my entire presentation and usually do, you know, uh, 10 hours. If it's a long presentation, yeah. um, like World Class Studios, I'll do about 10 hours of rehearsal on it. Um, I, right. I naturally get quite nervous when I public speak. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, that's the other hurdle that, that you have to overcome. Yeah. So that preparation really like is absolutely vital for right. me. Well, I, I feel like we might've touched on my, my next question though, but I, I want to know what, what is it, what are the characters about yourself that has kind of set you up for the role that you're in now? What have the, been the sort of traits that you've had that have served you well? And what have you needed to improve over the years? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, all good questions. they are all good questions. <laughs> <laughs> I am very organized. Um, everything goes on, on the calendar. If you ask my friends, if they want to see me on a weekend, it has, they, they have to send me a calendar <laughs> invite. Um, otherwise I just won't, won't be there. Um, sure. so that's, that was a fun learning curve for, for all of, all of them. Um, but I, I am incredibly organized. Um, so that's, you know, especially when you're, working in a national role you know you have to be yeah um even like the the week um that will have just passed i'm in three four cities yeah right. um and if you're not organized then it it all you know falls apart, it all falls it? apart. yeah um so i mean that's been really really important and thankfully i sort of came into the role already kind of there um written communication is a really big one yeah. um and you know again thankfully i you know was trying to be a screenwriter so that sort of Came, came across quite naturally, but in terms of that corporate language. Um, well, that's a whole different way of it, writing. It yeah. is a whole different yeah. way of writing and, and writing emails. Um, I was very lucky, uh, you know, earlier on in my career that uh, I was working in a corporate environment and I had a great mentor who essentially taught me how to speak corporate. Right. Um, but, you know, that's a big, a big one. And any bartender that's sort of looking to step forward, I mean, or step up or move through, I mean, you're going to be dealing with people that work in corporate, whether it's you're working with brands, whether yeah. it's you move into hotels, maybe you move into, you know, a group role, um, and you're going to be working in that sort of corporate framework. So I'm just thinking of all the fun words you can't say anymore. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I was like, should I say them out loud? No, I'll leave it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it's it's a big one to learn, and and you can Google it, to be honest, and you can, yeah. you can do the research yourself. Um, and and it really goes a long way uh, to setting yourself up for success. But a lot of it is it a lot of it's sort of politeness and sort of manners, and which you kind of get a bit of in hospitality anyway. Yeah, nobody wants a mopey BA. Yeah. Like nobody wants a, a brand ambassador that's looking sad. Um, so <laughs> it's not and, great for the brand. No, not really. <laughs> so you know there there is that there's still that performative element that you get in yeah. bars for sure. I think the biggest learning curve for me though is has been public speaking. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I mean, naturally it's not what 
I, I am comfortable doing. Well, you wanted to be the screenwriter, not the actor. I did. I did. Yeah. I didn't want to be in front of the camera. <laughs> uh, look at me now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but All writers really want to be in front uh, of the camera, I actually. I, I disagree with that. <laughs> Deep down inside. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, filming content like that, yeah. that's really, that was really uncomfortable for me in yeah. the in the beginning stages. Um, and it's really only, to be honest, in the last, like, few months where I've started to feel more comfortable, you know, watching myself uh on screen yeah it takes um, some time yeah it does it really does um and you know part of that is like learning okay am i comfortable public speaking am i not okay if i'm not comfortable this is a huge part of the role so what do i need to do to get there right like, what do i need to what's my process so that i can stand up and talk in front of you know 80 100 people yeah. without looking like i'm you know freaking out yeah well that's coming back to that preparation thing again yeah but then also working on what parts of your game that you need to improve and then yeah working at it and i think as well you know sorry i've been talking about this for ages um but being self-evaluative is really really important not mm. just as a brand ambassador but as in any professional career i would say yeah. uh, but especially hospitality and, and bartending you know it's it's something that I started doing a few years ago where I would sort of stop and, and set aside an afternoon to go, okay, this is what I've done the last few months. This is what I think I did well. This is what where I know I didn't do as well. And this is where I know, you know, I really need to put some work into. Yeah. Um, and then it sort of gives you structure for, for I guess, how you approach your own self-development. Mm. Um, and it, that's been really important as well. Uh, yeah. Because then there's some things where I'm like, oh, yeah, like I'm really good at this. But you know, I, I check in with myself. I'm like, oh, actually, I didn't do that as well as I wanted to. So, yeah. well, that's yeah. just me with everything, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the uh, I, I could have yeah. done that better. Could have, could have polished that a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. um, so, last question for you, I guess, and it's one I like to ask everyone: is that you know what makes a great bar for you? But more importantly, what is it that makes you happy in a bar? Mm. What are the things that spark joy? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I love. I love some of the elements of old school hospitality that, you know, you sort of dipped away for a few years there. But, I, you know, I love walking into a bar and, and getting off of water. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it, like we laugh about it, but it's, it's, simple. it's one of those like, you know, and, and it was more of, I guess, a, a restaurant sort of upscale thing for a while. Um, and it sort of dipped away. But especially when you're sitting down somewhere or where it's table service, yeah. like being off of water is a really good it, it automatically makes me go, okay, like I'm going to be taken care of here. Yeah, and also you've got something in your hand straight away. Right? I'm less so stressed. Yeah, but it, like it lessens the wait for the, the drink to actually come. Yeah. Because you've already sort of been served. I'm already kind of here. I already know that I've been engaged with and I'm like, okay, mm. this is good. Um, I mean, I love bartenders that, that uh, are friendly and hospitable, don't we all? Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, what I, what makes me really happy when I walk into a bar is like, I guess what the vibe of the room feels like, you know, you can always, you can always tell when you step into a room, you know, the bartenders are, are the leaders of the room, you know, they're the, the captains of the ship and. Well, if, they like to think so anyway. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. But, but you know, the, the energy that they give off affects the room. Yeah. Um, and when you see, you know, people having a great time, being really engaged with their, their customers, the room feels sparky and it feels engaging there's a, there's a and i'm like okay like this is where i want to be sat yeah um and those are the places that i'll go back to time and time again yeah. um if you know if the if the lighting's a bit bright or or the you know the music's super weird or the 
you, the there's no bartenders behind the bar or something. Mm. You know, if nobody says hello to you, it it kind of just doesn't set it up to be the best experience. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, I think the I hello like, is so important. Yeah, right? I just like warmth. You yeah. know, I like warmth. Yeah, fair. Um, and I like I like it when when people are warm and, and welcoming, and it's it, it, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not hard. I I'm really easy to please. <laughs> <laughs> I also love bars because I don't have to make my own cocktails. Isn't so, that great? You know, that's that's yeah. a really big benefit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you for that. Well. Thanks, Kate, for joining us on Drinks at Work. Thank you for having me. Thanks to Kate for the chat. Thank you to you again for listening. Please remember that world-class entries are open now with entries for round one closing on the 2nd of April at midnight. Visit diageobaracademy.com to access the entry portal. And if you're enjoying these podcasts, please share them with a friend. It really does help to get the word out there and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get yours. I really do appreciate your support. Until next time, this has been Drinks at Work from Boothby.